Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions. Each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Today, we're discussing food allergy life and PTSD. We're sitting down with Emery Brown, FACT's Director of Behavioral Health, to take a deeper dive into this topic and to end our conversation with hope. I would like to take a brief moment to thank the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology for sponsoring today's show. Welcome, Emery. It is always enlightening and exciting to have you on the FACT Roundtable podcast. I'm especially excited for today's topic. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited too. This is an area that a lot of us don't talk about and a lot of us don't even realize. Before we take our deep dive, can you share with listeners your background as a person who's lived with food allergies and your professional area of study, plus your role at FACT? Absolutely. So I'm FACT's Director of Behavioral Health, and mental health has been an increasing conversation everywhere, and FACT wants to be a part of that conversation. So We've been really working hard to build out our resources on our website in the behavioral health section. So we're doing a lot of that. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about PTSD after listening to this podcast today, you can head over there for more resources, which we are rolling out all the time because a lot of people with food allergies don't have these resources available. Doctors don't always talk about these issues that could potentially come with life-threatening food allergies or chronic health conditions. So we're going to talk about this here today. I'm personally allergic to all dairy, fish, peanuts, and seeds, and I have my master's in school psychology. This year in May, I'm finishing up my education specialist degree in school psychology as well so that I can be a fully certified school psychologist. I do currently also work at a school where I spend most of my time counseling students on various issues. Thank you. I just wanted to make sure listeners had a brief moment just to get to know you. I know we've been recording for several months together, but just in case someone's popping in new. Absolutely. So now let's dive straight in. I have heard of PTSD surrounding members of the military and then first heard the term applied to food allergies during a FACT teen retreat a few years ago. So now can you explain what PTSD is in general? According to the National Institute of Health, or the NIH, post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is a disorder that develops in some people who have experienced a shocking, scary, or dangerous event. People who have PTSD may feel stressed or frightened, even when they're not in danger. So here, the main difference between PTSD and the experience of trauma is just important to say before we continue to go on as a general rule. So a traumatic event is time-based, and we're going to get into uh, why having a food allergy or experiencing a chronic illness or having a trip to the emergency room could be considered a traumatic event. And PTSD is a longer-term condition where one continues to have flashbacks and re-experiencing of the traumatic event. So to meet the criteria for PTSD, there has to be an ongoing level, of ongoing high level of distress 
and life impairment. Thank you so much. I've really been waiting all week for this uh, interview, but thank you very much. That was an excellent explanation. So now that we have the basic understanding of PTSD, can you help us understand how someone managing food allergies might be experiencing PTSD related to their food allergy? Absolutely. And this is so important to talk about out of the gate because I don't want to scare listeners that this is something that's definitely going to happen. I want to mention that it's rare. It's definitely something that can happen and does happen, but just because you have an allergic reaction or a severe allergic reaction doesn't mean that it will always happen. So I personally have had several anaphylactic reactions but haven't ever developed PTSD, and we're going to get into a little later why that might happen, why someone can experience the same trauma such as myself and not have PTSD, and somebody else can have a severe reaction also and go to the hospital and develop PTSD. So... Hold tight on that. We're going to get into that a little bit later of why some people can experience the same trauma and not develop the same trauma response. But it's estimated that 12 to 25% of people who experience a life-threatening illness develop medically induced PTSD. There's many risk factors when it comes to developing PTSD, including living through a trauma, experiencing a childhood trauma, having a friend or family member experience danger or harm, or the sudden unexpected death of a loved one. So for individuals with a food allergy, experiencing anaphylaxis or seeing a child or seeing a friend experience anaphylaxis or even having a sibling or child die of anaphylaxis are all forms of true trauma. After witnessing or experiencing this extreme stress scenario, PTSD could develop. So there aren't actually at present any studies regarding PTSD and food allergies But we can infer from the risk factors of experiencing a trauma, we know that anaphylaxis can be a trauma, that this would be likely because there are several studies that document PTSD with patients that have severe asthma, as well as that statistic I mentioned a little bit earlier of people who are experiencing life-threatening illness, which people that have severe food allergies, this is life-threatening. So people with food allergies, as well as their relatives, depending on how severe the trauma is, could experience PTSD surrounding this event. So we're not only talking about children with food allergies, we're also talking about young adults and adults with food allergies, as well as their siblings and their caretakers. All of these people potentially could be at risk. Thank you so much. You really made a complex concept very digestible. I was able to really understand PTSD better now, thanks to that nice explanation. So now, Emery, How can an adult with food allergy or a caregiver of someone with food allergies identify that PTSD might be taking place? Great question. I'm going to give some symptoms of PTSD, but I want everybody to note that this is highly varied. So you're not going to have all these symptoms. You might have a couple. You might have ones that go beyond this. So I encourage everyone to also do their own research regarding this because the response is highly varied. But I'm going to hit on some of the major ones now. For young children, this could be forgetting how to speak, acting out the scary event, or drawing it while playing, being abnormally clingy with a parent or guardian, or even just being more hyper or aggressive than usual, sort of an inappropriate display of emotions. For teens and adults, this can look like flashbacks, re-experiencing the trauma again and again. And even this can, when you're experiencing a flashback, this can even include the presence of a physical symptom such as a racing heartbeat, having bad dreams, having scary thoughts, 
avoiding places or things that remind them of the event. So if the event happened in a restaurant, maybe they never want to go back to that restaurant. If the trauma really was taking place in the hospital, this person could get a racing heartbeat every time they drive by a hospital, things along those lines. Issues sleeping, which could mean insomnia as in to say not sleeping at all or perhaps sleeping too much. Having angry outbursts, negative thoughts about oneself or the world in general. Having distorted thoughts of guilt or blame. It's my fault that this happened. Remember also that these symptoms are a normal response to trauma. However, after a traumatic event, symptoms should improve over time. So if you experience a trauma, you might have scary thoughts for a little bit, but then they should dissipate. The difference is for people that develop PTSD, the symptoms do not go away over time. In fact, they might even get worse. Such as in the case of experiencing something like anaphylaxis, it makes sense to feel fearful. You might have some of these symptoms. If they go away, you likely haven't developed PTSD. If they continue to persist for months and even years, then this is something that's a lot more serious. When you say persist, to what level? To the point of like where you're not functioning the way you used to? Or is it like just, you know, every day you have a heavy feeling? Can you kind of explain a little bit more what what that might feel like? So that's a great question. And it sort of harkens back to what I mentioned a little bit earlier. It has to be something that is impairing your life. So if scattered once a week, you're having a scary, fearful thought, that might not be able to impede your life. If you're having a scary thought every time you ingest food and now you're not eating and now you haven't ate for a week and now you haven't ate for two weeks and you're only, you know, able to eat one food, not including your allergies, right? This is just avoiding food in general. That's clearly something that's impeding your life. If you can't go to sleep because you're having these nightmares night after night of reliving the trauma, then and then you're tired throughout the whole day, that's impeding your life. So it's sort of going to be the level. and People process trauma at different rates. So there's no one correct rate. I might get over something in a week. You might get over something in three months. The next person might get over it in a year. That doesn't mean that it's PTSD because we're going to process trauma at different rates. There's no way that we can sort of say there's a set time that we should get over something that hurt us that's painful. But the person with PTSD, it's going to be impairing and it is going to go on that long time. It certainly isn't going to go on for a week. It certainly isn't going to go on for just a month or two. It's going to persist. It's going to get in the way of things. So again, you could be having some of these symptoms for months on end, but if it's not impairing your life, it's likely not PTSD. It's still a trauma that should be dealt with, but it hasn't escalated to post-traumatic stress disorder. Going right on to what you just said of dealing with it. So if someone suspects PTSD, what are the next steps? So if maybe me as a parent suspect my child might have it, what do I do now? Great question. And it's PTSD is a serious condition. That's the bottom line. So it can't go untreated. And the only true way that you're going to be able to treat PTSD is by going to counseling and seeking out that psychotherapy where they can teach your child or teach you if you're the caregiver that's going through this, the right tactics to be able to overcome this, to the right tactics to be able to look through life in a new lens and really process through the trauma, which can only happen really through therapy. I would also suggest joining a support group 
And as far as looking for a support group and looking for the right therapist, a quick Google search should do the job for practitioners in your area. And I would suggest finding somebody that truly specializes in PTSD because not all counselor or psychologist is going to be equipped to really process through this trauma. Only someone that is truly specialized in this area is going to be able to give your child or yourself the adequate amount of care. So now you just mentioned a support group. So do you mean a food allergy support group or a PTSD support group or both? That's a great question. I would say both. Again, perhaps when you're seeking out the PTSD support group, look for one that has people that have medically induced PTSD because PTSD can happen from a lot of things. We talked about childhood trauma. You talked about veterans, right? So there's war trauma, all these different kinds of trauma we're sort of in the area of medically induced PTSD. But I'd also get in a food allergy support group too because you're not alone, whether it's you or it's your child. Perhaps people in these support groups haven't even had a word to understand how they're feeling. This guilt or blame they didn't that's been potentially persisting for eight, nine, ten years, however old their child is, they didn't realize it's it's beyond that maybe regular guilt and blame that parents occasionally feel. But if that's guilt and blame for your child's food allergies or allergic reaction has been persisting eight, nine, 10 years as for your 10 year old child, this could be PTSD. So getting in a food allergy support group and not shying away and not fearing talking about these issues that you're dealing with, your teens dealing with, your child's dealing with is really what's going to help and the stigma and be able to perpetuate these conversations onto the online platform so that you can get help, people can get help, and we can sort of lead the way in, in making sure that people know that this isn't something they have to hide in the dark. It's something they can bring to the light and really get that help and healing that they need. You know, that seems to be the key is just being comfortable and knowing that you can get help and that this is okay and it just does happen and it's just part of life. But we have these experts out there who are trained and able to help us. So thank you for really helping us understand that. Emery, next. Can you help us understand if there are any tips or methods to avoid experiencing food allergy-related PTSD? So I thought this was an amazing question. And it's kind of complex because this question sort of begs the other question, can you ever really prevent the trauma response? And that answer is no. Unfortunately, like we just talked about, there's no way to expedite the process of healing from a trauma and everyone's going to move at their own speed when it comes to processing the stress, the trauma, or in this case, an allergic reaction that was really severe or potentially the death of a child or a friend or witnessing a severe allergic reaction, whatever it may be within the scope of food allergies. But that being said, studies have shown that there's a correlation with the development of PTSD and avoidance behaviors. So in other words, the more that someone tries to not think about the traumatic event, resists revisiting a traumatic place, perhaps a hospital, perhaps a restaurant, and avoids contact with any potential triggers of the traumatic event, that person is more likely to develop, to develop PTSD. The person that doesn't want to talk about the trauma, the person that won't tell you about how they feel and will stop doing things and really exercise these avoidance behaviors, that person is more likely to, to develop PTSD. People that don't develop PTSD tend to have continuous contact with support from important people in their life. They disclose the trauma to loved ones, as in to say they're willing to talk about it because that's going to help them process. They identify as a survivor. I've lived past this. Rather than someone that's a victim, this happened to me. 
you they use positive emotion and they use laughter. They find positive meaning in the trauma and they help others in their healing process as well as they hold the belief that they can manage their feelings and that they can cope through this. In summation, basically, this is to say they're resilient. Uh, and if you need to strengthen your resiliency, you can. And we've talked about this in podcasts back. Definitely revisit our podcast on resiliency or head over to our website and check out some of our resilience activities and resilience resources. But when you build resiliency, you build a powerful protective factor to dealing with trauma. And this can potentially prevent you from developing PTSD. Wow, this it was amazing information. Thank you so much for sharing that. So before we wrap up today, is there anything else you would like listeners to hear? Yes. So I would be remiss if I didn't say that there is hope beyond just getting by. We want everyone to know how meaningful and satisfied and fulfilling life can be beyond experiencing trauma. And recently, researchers have been studying a new idea called post-traumatic growth, or PTG. And this is a theory that explains the kind of transformation that can happen following trauma. It was developed by psychologist Richard Tedishi and also Dr. Lawrence Calhoun in the mid-1990s, but it's been gaining speed in recent years. And it holds on to the fact that people who endure psychological struggle following adversity can often see positive growth afterward. So just think of that. If, if you are going through trauma, there's eventually going to be that post-traumatic growth after the post-traumatic stress. This has been incredible. I knew this was going to be a wonderful podcast and you were going to bring such great clarity and hope. So thank you so much, Emery, for your time today and sharing your expertise. I'm just really excited about sharing this information with our community. So thank you for your time. And I look forward to seeing you again here on the show. Well, thank you. I'll see you soon. You can find all of the links, downloads, and other resources mentioned in today's podcast on our website. Just head over to foodallergyawareness.org and click on the podcast tab, and you will find all of these resources there just waiting for you. Again, we want to thank the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology for sponsoring this week's Facts Roundtable podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.